0: Now it's time for news briefly with my son. And on the phone, briefly, because for most of the morning he's going to be doing Tom Hartman and he has to go in there and prepare so he cannot be in the studio. Jefferson Smith. Good morning, my son. How are you doing? Hello, up. Well,. I guess shall, shall I play? It? Why don't you play like your host Until you have to leave
1: Well I don't know how to do that exactly But this is a show we talk about the news. My name is Jefferson Smith This is my dad We're honored to be here with you this morning uh, This is a show we try to talk about the important stuff Sometimes we talk about the unimportant stuff When it's unimportant we try to say so We take turns Dad will take almost all of the turns this morning Starting with Pop Do you have a shout out
0: As a matter of fact Recognizing that I am going to be going solo for much of the morning with the help of Julia, our producer, who will chime in when we need access to the computer, which I don't have, I have three shout-outs. Three of them. First, I, and I think all of America, should be shouting out for Senator Mitt Romney, who had the courage to do what is right To show that there is still one, only one out of 53, but still one United States Senator who views the oath he took to uphold the Constitution when he was sworn in as a Senator, and then who took an oath to uphold the Constitution and to be governed by the evidence when the impeachment proceedings began acknowledged that Donald Trump did a really bad thing when he withheld money to help an ally in a shooting war with one of our chief adversaries, Russia, to try to coerce them into helping him with his campaign and voted to impeach. That's my first shout-out. My second, I want to shout-out for Archie. Archie is a labradoodle who goes in every day at Franklin High School who has become a therapy dog, and that's not kidding. He helps students, students who, who are having difficulty who are upset or whatever get with him and he calms them down he helps teachers calm down Archie Labradoodle hang in there and then finally I want a shout out for the Guardian newspaper that has announced it will not take any more advertisements for fossil fuels and for newspapers which are struggling to stay alive and need ad money that's a highly principled thing to do so those are my shout outs Thank you, Jefferson. Are you still there? Don't tell me we've lost. I am here time. indeed. Oh, good, good. Okay, well, st- are you still playing host? If so, go for it. Oh, before I complete, no, you, or, you, before you, I complete asked,
1: you got me for 10 minutes, which is what you requested. I appreciate you leading the show today. So I don't know what playing host means from the phone, but there was something you really wanted to talk about, and I'm totally down hear it.
0: Okay, great. You are here for ten minutes. We'll use those ten minutes before we dive into your ten minutes. Just want to acknowledge the passing of Kirk Douglas at 103. One of the really, really great actors, and also one of the great Hollywood human beings. If, if for no other reason, in Hollywood where where every sort serial marriages are so common. He stayed married to the same woman who survives him for 65 years. That's no small thing. And then I want to also acknowledge the passing of the Spitzer Telescope, which provided wonderful information and is now gone forever. So, Jefferson, what is your take on impeachment?
1: Well, I do want to start out with, and and to be clear, the the 10 Minutes... Started. Okay. <laughs> so, so we got we got so eight left. Because, uh, the I also want to join in a shout out to Mitt Romney and the uh, I, John F. Kennedy earned a Pulitzer Prize for his book Profiles and Courage," and that was about not entirely lone votes, but courageous votes uh, in the and courageous stances in the U.S. Senate. Uh, I think Mitt Romney would merit. A story, maybe even a chapter. Of course, his feuds with Donald Trump go back before this, but I don't think it cheapens the moment to hear the invective, to see the criticism that he has faced uh, yesterday and this morning for his vote, only goes further to demonstrate the courage that it took. And to add a fact that I haven't seen in the discussion as much. Is it the current head? I believe yes of the mass Republican Party is in fact a family member of his niece. Uh, the she is a niece. The pressure being applied to him uh, is coming from members, uh, just the key members in the U.S. Senate, because it puts in high relief that the votes by Cory Gardner, the votes by Tom Tillis. The votes by Susan Collins of Maine. Uh, the votes uh, by oh, am I forgetting the Lamar Arizona. Alexander? Uh, no, I'm not thinking. He, he's not up. The oh, woman okay. in Arizona who is up uh, for election now. Oh, Martha McSally. Good job, Jeff. You got them all. Uh, the key, uh, the the key vulnerable Republicans in the US Senate whose election will determine the composition, the majority of the U.S. Senate. Puts in high relief uh, their cowardice votes and, their, uh, and, the, and those votes being out of step with constitutional dictates and requirements and, and, and principles. Uh, that means that the leadership is coming down on him. And I want to just do a little bit of sausage making here. There is significant pressure that comes not only from Fox News, not only from the Drudge Report, not only from the president himself, who said vicious things to Mitt Romney afterwards. But it comes from within. It comes from one's own colleagues. And here goes the argument. And I remember this when there was a vote on a gas tax. And, and it had real consequence. There's a gas tax provo- uh, proposed, and the gas tax was for highway building. There was a little bit of stuff in there for transit, uh, but it was basically for highway building. And the Oregon Department of Transportation has, be- has basically just been a highway building organization for years, and the fact that Democrats get elected and appoint Transportation Commissioners covered over the fact that it's pretty much just been a highway building organization for years. Uh, the And there was a transportation package, and there were some people, I happen to be one of them, who thought the transportation package was lousy. I had said uh, when I was running that I was not, uh, that I didn't want to vote on a transportation package and a gas tax unless it was going to make it easier for the people, and I represent a lot of people a lot of dough, uh, if it was going to be, it was going to make it more likely and easier for them not to have to drive. And uh, it really did stuff to improve the transit capacity, improve the ability to walk and bike and do something else, it was going to be more expensive for them to drive. It didn't really do that, and so I felt duty-bound to vote no. The pressure that came was from from colleagues who said, uh, don't you understand, there are vulnerable members. There are members who are in swing districts. They're going to have to take this vote for the gas tax. And if you don't take it, well, you're, you're hurting them. You're hurting the entire majority, you're hurting everything we stand for because they're going to have to take this bullet and that's going to make them look bad and you standing against it will make them look worse And that's going to hurt their reelection, And that means you're going to hurt not only the transportation package, but you could potentially hurt a woman's right to choose. You could potentially hurt health care benefits for poor people. You could hurt education funding, all the other things that we care about together. You're going to hurt those things. Uh, I did not take that much heat. Uh, This was not my profile in courage. I did vote no, but it was not my profile in very much courage. But Mary Nolan also voted no. And Mary Nolan was the House Majority Leader, and the, and she took significant heat. Uh, and afterwards, in fact, she even lost her, uh, even lost her position as House Majority Leader. And Tina Kotek took her out, used that opportunity and support from building trade unions uh, to uh, take Mary Nolan out of her leadership position. Uh, the argument being, uh, Mary Nolan, you don't get to vote your conscience, you don't get to vote. Your viewpoint on climate change You don't get to vote What would make smarter transportation policy Uh, You've got to vote with your party Because if you don't It's going to hurt the vulnerable members Because all these people in swing districts These handful, large handful of candidates Whose races cost lots of money And who are hard fought In order to get the majority It means very long you get to be majority leader Well you hung them all out to dry And right now Romney's vote what is the kind of thing that makes it even more obvious That cory card gardener in colorado you got tom tillis in north carolina that susan collins in maine and martha McSally in arizona are standing against the constitution and that hurts them he was dealing with tremendous pressure in his family in his office i'm sure uh, in uh, certainly in right-wing media certainly with donors it helps him a little bit that he has staked out some anti-Trump sentiment, so there's some supporters that stay with him. But yeah, mostly what I'll say about impeachment is I'll pile on to that, uh, to your comments about Mitt Romney, and, and give a little bit. Uh, you know, I didn't vote for the guy for president, uh, and I probably wouldn't vote for him for president tomorrow. Uh, but I would certainly, I would certainly urge Republicans to vote for him in a Republican primary, even though I think he would be tougher to beat in a Republican primary than Donald Trump.
0: And I might mention, i I called and left a message on, on his office phone last night, which I hope he gets, not because it's for me, but because I did it on behalf of my brother, who died three months ago. But my brother was a friend of his. matter of fact, they worked together when they were kids. They were they were salesmen together for the same company. And I left a message telling him that my brother Hiram would have been very proud of what he did yesterday. And I hope he gets that message. And if you want to call Mitt Romney's office and compliment him for what he did, the capital number is 202-224-3121. That's capital four three one two one. And I'm sure he is getting all kinds of nasty calls, some calls saying that he showed courage and did the right thing. I think that might be a good thing. The, I, I thought, felt that the most disgraceful vote that was cast was Lamar Alexander. Most disgraceful because he is not running again, so he did not have to worry about losing his seat. He admitted that what Trump did was wrong, but he still said, oh, but it's okay, he can still stay. And when I look at at who the real, the biggest loser, the biggest loser in this is the Congress of the United States, and especially the Senate of the United States, because what the Senate of the United States did was by a majority vote when they refused to permit bringing actual evidence, live evidence, documents, live bodies to testify. When they said no to that, they were upholding the president in his refusal to comply with the congressional request for information submitted by the House when it was conducting its investigation. And what they said is, it's okay for the President of the United States to refuse to give us information. And let me tell you, the implications of that for democracy are absolutely huge. And I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping that the House will decide to continue and re-up, renew its demands for information and take it to court all the way to the Supreme Court, even though that may take... Till next year to get to the Supreme Court, to overcome that president.
1: Before you leave, I'll say one thing about Lamar Alexander, and then I'll need to bounce. Okay. The, uh, it, it, Katie had, and I've had a uh, an interesting notion, and whether it was actually in intent or just in result, I think it was an interesting notion. And if we put it in the in intent terms, or sort of conspiratorial terms. The way to say it would be that she thought that the fix was in. Lamar Alexander, what, who is friends with Mitch McConnell, longtime friends with Mitch McConnell, always knew that he was going to vote to acquit, always knew he was going to stand with Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. But by publicly being the last holdout, that he would take the energy, a little more sausage making, uh, when you're a maybe. What are the advantages? And this is what a whip will tell you. Right? This is what a caucus leader will tell you. When you're a young member, they'll come around and they'll say, well, listen, you might want to commit early because if you commit early, the press won't be asking you questions. If you commit early, lobbyists won't be bugging you and trying to persuade you. If you commit early, you won't get on a list of undecided members of the chamber and you won't get all the emails and phone calls trying to persuade you to do one thing or the other. The converse of that is if you're later... If you, if you hold off on your decision, then uh, you do get those phone calls and emails. You do get visits from the lobbyists to try to persuade you. The press does ask you questions. It gets a lot more pressure on you when you're an undecided, when you're a holdout on an important vote. And here, Lamar Alexander was a holdout. All of us were saying his name. So, what's Lamar Alexander going to do? Is he going to vote for witnesses? Lamar Alexander going to vote for witnesses? He signaled he might vote for witnesses. So he gets all the pressure. What that means is, is that Cory Gardner didn't get all that pressure. Cory Gardner saying that he was going to stand for the pre- at president. I got a little bit of news, but nobody was really counting Cory Gardner's vote. Nobody was really counting Tom Tillis's vote. Nobody was really wondering what the hell, what the heck, Martha McSally was going to do. A little, they were were wondering what Susan Collins was going to do. But those three plus Susan Collins are the four U.S. Senate uh, positions in, that Republicans hold. That if they lose, Democrats take the chamber And so whether it was by intent or just by effect Lamar Alexander holding out protected the Sort of like Mary Nolan and me Mary Nolan took the slings and arrows I didn't get as much pressure uh, the, But the uh, holdout of Lamar Alexander and Delaying what well, maybe he planned on doing it the whole time and ended up shielding a bit attention from those other folks I
0: wouldn't be surprised. Before you have to bail, do you want to say anything about Iowa, which is what I'm going to talk about next, or shall I just take it and run?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say, I would just counsel that we, uh, everybody be cool. <laughs> After I watched the president's speech, I'm just reminded that the vigor of a primary is not nearly as important as the vigor of a general. Election and the uh, and and I saw a president who can get reelected. Uh, I saw a president who should not be reelected, who is willing to give the Medal of Freedom to a, a hate monger uh, and j- to troll the left to inspire this is base. I want I need another word. Certainly, as Confederates, uh, I saw a man who was willing to vilify illegal aliens and patronize. Uh, people of color on the, in, the, in the audience by giving a medal here or there in my numbers meeting yesterday that was that was uh, uh, significantly criticized by the people in the room uh, my uh, but I saw nonetheless the president that on attacking socialism uh, and linking it to Nicolas Maduro and then connecting that to health care and then talking about the stock market, etc., and the, the falsely inflated economy, I saw a president who could who could be reelected despite his low approval numbers, uh, if particularly if there is not a united movement, there is not a united Democratic Party, if there is not a united pro-democracy movement, if there is not a united anti-Trump movement in the country. Uh, and so my biggest take on Iowa is well, as long as they have a paper record, I don't care if it takes two weeks. Uh, it looks like it's going to be about a tie between Buttigieg and. And Sanders. Uh, the that's, that remains an interesting debate and that's what I have to say about that. Anything you want to say to me, otherwise I gotta bounce for sure. Well,
0: I really appreciate oh, no, you being yes, with yes. us. I would remind folks that if you want to hear more from Jefferson, be just stay tuned to this station after we say goodbye at nine o'clock or thereabouts this morning. That is nine o'clock Pacific. Noon in on the East Coast.
1: All right, Pop, I gotta go.
0: Thanks a lot. Okay. Have a good one. And you can hear him stubbing for Tom Hartman. Also, I would remind you that in your area, Tom Hartman may be carried by television. So, if you're listening on the radio or streaming live, you want, might want to go to Tom Hartman's website and see if your local television station or one of your local television stations carries Tom Hartman. Because it's kind of fun to not just hear from Jefferson, but to watch him. Now, talking about the Iowa caucus, and let's put the Iowa caucus into perspective to begin with. The Iowa caucuses ultimately produce delegates who have the right to go to the convention and cast ballots that count for who they want to nominate for president. Iowa has, I believe, 41, maybe 42 or 43, but I'm pretty sure it's 41 delegates. That's how many votes they get to cast at the convention. In order to be nominated at the convention to wind up as the Democratic nominee, you have to have almost 2,000 delegates vote for you. Now, so think of that now. We're talking about 41 and nearly 2,000. Also, the There is not a quote winner closed quote in Iowa where the person who gets the most delegate most caucus goers, so he or she gets the forty one no no no, they get the proportion that they got, which means we don't have the count because the the system in Iowa is so arcane, it's so convoluted that it isn't just a matter of counting faces. It, there are all kinds of, of figures. I don't know. I don't even know how, how to accurately describe it. But anyway, the very most delegates that any one of the candidates is going to get out of Iowa, no more than 15. Probably not as many as 15, but no more than 15, so think about that. All of this for somebody to get 15 out of the nearly 2,000 votes that he or she needs when the Democrats convene in convention this year to actually select their nominee. Also we all know, we don't have to tell you about what a disaster the reporting has been in Iowa, but I don't think that that has been bad for the candidates. In fact, I think that the big winner of the disaster that the company named Shadow, and by the way, if Shadow is publicly held and you happen to hold any stock in Shadow, probably too late to get rid of it. Anyway, the... The candidates, I think, were benefited by the mess-up. Now, why do I say that? <laughs> Excuse me. Because had everything just gone smoothly, had the app that had apparently never been tested worked like a charm, so at about no later than 11 o'clock Central Time, which would be noon, or rather midnight in New York and 10 o'clock in Denver, and 9 o'clock in Portland, Oregon, from which this program is coming, the news would have been over by, at latest, the next morning's news. That would have been it. But because of the mess-up, the news continued. Every single news program, especially on MSNBC, and CNN, and Fox, it continued for another 48 hours, which had to be simply good for all of the candidates. At least it increased their name for me, I said. Who was the big loser? The big loser was the state of Iowa, I think, and maybe I sort of hope, and maybe that it was also a winner was the U.S., because what this may do is may help us recognize that it is insane to have Iowa, which produces 41 out of nearly 2,000 votes, giving them the outsized influence that it has, and they're going to do something about that. Now, we should remind you, you are listening to News Without My Son, and for those of you who just tuned in, the reason I say that is that Jefferson was with us briefly But he is on his way to the Tom Hartman studio in Vancouver, Washington, where he is subbing for Tom Hartman. and He has to be there to get ready and to get ready. So if you suffer from withdrawal at not hearing his voice, stay tuned when I say goodbye, and you will be able to hear Jefferson. You will even be able to call in and talk to Jefferson on the Tom Hartman Show, starting at 9 o'clock, 9.05 Pacific. Before we leave the impeachment subject, just want to explain that, that what are the interesting things. Iowa has, I, I believe in its constitution, maybe a statute, but I think it's in its constitution, that it has to have the first judgment of who will be the candidate, not just for the Democratic Party, but also for the Republican Party, and New Hampshire has a similar thing in their constitution or statute. Again, I think it's constitution, but if you know that I'm wrong, call in and let us know. Or actually, you can text in at 971-220-5979. That's nine seven one two two kxry But New Hampshire has that also so new hampshire says they have to have the first primary so they worked out a deal with iowa iowa does it by caucus so it's not a primary so they are really not competing with each other as to who is going to be first because otherwise you could be playing leapfrog and we would be having people vote in iowa and new hampshire three years before the election but that's what is going on. And so now everybody is going on New Hampshire. And again, New Hampshire is going to get a big deal. But be reminded that New Hampshire doesn't even have 41 delegates. It has less than 41 delegates. And they have to have 2,000. While we're talking about elections, some other election news worth mentioning, Bernie Sanders has been endorsed by the I guess, principal Muslim organization, political organization in the country. I don't know how significant that is because there are, I think, at most a million, maybe a little less than a million Muslims in the whole country, and that's out of about 330 million Americans. But still, the election to replace Elijah Cummings, who we sadly lost last year, late last year, There were 32 candidates seeking the nomination to run to replace Elijah Cummings. 24 Democrats and 8 Republicans. And one of the Democratic candidates was Elijah Cummings' wife. Well, they had an election, and Elijah's wife got 17%. Kweze Mufune Got 43%. And I would say somebody getting 43% when there are 24 candidates is pretty, pretty significant, quite remarkable. The 24th candidate that got the lowest percentage got 30 votes. No, correction 26 votes. The lowest got 26 votes altogether. 26 votes. Queze Mufuni got twenty nine thousand three hundred and thirty-three. That's pretty pretty long. But this also reminds me that I would like to see Oregon take the lead in having rank some form of rank choice voting for primaries. Not for generals, but for primaries. And here is a classic example. I think it's probably fair to say that everybody in Elijah Cummings' district there in Maryland, the 7th district in Maryland, is going to feel we're we're okay. We've we've got somebody who is going to be a good, good, maybe great congressman, and getting that many votes when there are 24 of them, that's impressive. But if you look at the arithmetic with 24, it would have been possible, very, very possible, for somebody to Have received that nomination by getting less than 10% of the vote. Somebody could have got 9% of the vote, and the other 23 candidates split the remaining 91%, so nobody else got more than 8% of the vote, and you would have a nominee that 91% of the voters didn't want. Now, it didn't turn out that way in this case because with 43%, my guess is there are a substantial number of the folks who didn't vote for Mifune would have named him as their second choice. But that demonstrates what can happen. And I'll give you an example right now. In the elections in Portland, Oregon, for city council, where we have a Google, I think we have eight, at least eight, running, and it may be as many as thirteen for one seat, where you can have potentially the same kind of thing. Whereas, if you have a ranked choice voting where people could express their second choice and their third choice, you would reduce, and ideally even eliminate, the risk that the person who got the most votes when there were a lot of candidates was the person who was least liked, least wanted by everybody else, everybody who didn't vote for that candidate. Was some sort of ranked choice voting, that, pro- that problem could be sensibly addressed. It would just be a great thing for the legislature to do. Before we go into state and local, there's just some international stuff I think we ought to mention because there is stuff going on internationally. North Korea may have a new missile. We're waiting to see. They've been promising a surprise. If they have a new missile, I would suspect it would mean that they have one that can travel farther than what they've had so far. Also might be mentioned that Kim Jong-un's aunt who was out of sight for years. Some people thought that maybe she had been offed, been eliminated, has reappeared at his side. She was formerly a four-star general in the North Korean army, which people are are puzzling over. In South Korea, South Korea, about 9,000 jobs are being lost because of the flap Between DDT and South Korea over who's going to pay for the presence of our troops there. International news, Oxfam gave a report to Davos. Davos is the place where the richest people in the world gather to schmooze and rub shoulders and to pretend like they care about the future of the world. Oxfam told Davos that the twenty-two richest men and the twenty-two richest people in the world are men have more wealth than all of the women in Africa all of the women in the second biggest continent on earth more than that Senegal Senegal has lost a town already to rising waters And they are looking at the potential of, in the next few years, losing their capital, St. Louis. And while we're talking about rising waters, Louisiana and generally coastal cities, but especially coastal Louisiana, is looking at some real problems with rising water. And then, this is, we like to tell you when we're going to say something that's unimportant. This is probably unimportant. But if you are planning to travel to Mumbai, formerly known as Bombay, which is the biggest or second biggest city in India, if you're planning on traveling there and planning on renting a car, be advised that they are installing red lights, that is traffic lights, that if the noise in front of the The red light gets high enough because people are honking their horn, the red light stays red. And there's even a thing that displays that shows how long it is before the red light goes off. And if you start honking your horn, you might be there forever. So that's something which you might be aware of. And that's International News for today. And before we grab Julia with a quick six, one other election thing I just wanted to mention having to do with the national contest. Bernie Sanders' campaign manager, Nina Turner, is getting some heat because she has called Mike Bloomberg an oligarch and has doubled down on it, insisting that he is an oligarch, which I'm afraid, afraid is a straw that it's going to get nasty before it gets better. And now we will have Julia giving us the Quick 6.
2: And now it's time for today's Quick 6 Local Rundown. I'm Casey Colton here with Julia Oppenheimer.
3: It's Thursday, February 6th. More than 500 Oregon healthcare professionals and organizers are declaring climate change a public health emergency and are calling on the governor and state lawmakers to take action. The Oregon Public Health Association and 40 other health organizations on Tuesday announced their Unified Front on Climate Action. They are recommending 10 policies in their Call to Action Plan that would move the state closer to meeting its climate goals. This comes as Oregon lawmakers are con- are convening in Salem with a proposal to regulate and reduce greenhouse gas emissions.
2: So far, eight candidates are expected to opt into Portland's public campaign financing program for three of the ca- City Council seats regularly scheduled for election this year. That's for candidates running for mayor, for city commissioner position number four, that's Chloe Daly's seat, and for position number, position one, number one, Fritz's seat. That's an, a small enough pool to guarantee all will receive a full 6-to-1 match rate through their campaigns, the city announced Tuesday. Candidates are guaranteed to see $6 for the city for every $1 they raise throughout their campaign, true for up to $50 of every
3: donation. A stolen computer has exposed the personal information of more than 650,000 Oregonians, including names, social security numbers, and addresses. Thieves stole a computer from the troubled medical transport company GridWorks last November. It had personal information of patients as well as the company identity numbers of the Portland area Medicaid provider, HealthShare of Oregon. However, HealthShare said it has received no, no indication that the information has been accessed, though the provider is just now informing members of the breach and offering a free year of identity monitoring. Some areas of Oregon may be at
2: high risk for elevated radon levels. New studies from the Oregon Health Authority show some areas around the state, including Portland, are at high risk for exposure to radon. Radon is a radioactive gas that can damage your lungs and potentially cause cancer. The OHA is recommending people conduct their own radon
3: tests in their homes. This has been the rainiest January Portland has seen in 14 years! Last month it rained over 7.4 inches. The last time it was this rainy was in 2006 when it rained nearly 11 inches. On average, Portland gets just under four and a half inches of rain this time of year.
2: The man who became the first U.S. patient infected with the new virus from China has left the hospital. He said in a statement that he is getting better and looking forward to life returning to normal. The unidentified man fell sick after returning home from a visit to China and was admitted to the hospital on January 20th.
3: And that's today's quick six local rundown for Thursday, January or February 6th.
0: virus deaths are up cases are up quarantine is up but <laughs> some folks i feel so sorry for them have who thought that they were getting a cruise that might last a week or getting a cruise that's going to last two or three weeks because they're being quarantined A lot of bad information out there. For example, there was a story that got a lot of attention that maybe it all started because of people eating bat soup. That apparently was just manufactured out of whole cloth. But something that is happening, the fallout for the coronavirus is hurting a lot of small businesses because, first, small businesses that sell Chinese goods or Chinese food are losing business because people just aren't coming into them. Also, small businesses that sell stuff made in China, they're being hurt. So that's something that we should be aware of. Okay, state and local. The legislature is in session. And there are lots of bills to pay attention from. And I don't know, and this is (laughs) well. little behind the scenes, but I'm just going to ask Julia if by any chance she has access to the very good report that Joey Palchek gave us last night on his computer, and if she does, that's good, because I'm going to ask her to call that up to mention the bills that he has said we should be watching in the legislature. But I have several that I am also going to mention, so I'll go first. HB 4105 would forbid any more oil exploration or oil transit across state lines. So if that were passed, for example, I think that would spell the quietus for Jordan Cove unless the Supreme Court of the United States decided that the Commerce Clause of the Constitution rendered such a bill unconstitutional, which is always possible, but that's one to keep our eye on. HB 4107 which is not significant to a lot of people but is really significant to especially some young people from the from minority communities 4107 bans discrimination based upon hairstyles so if a teacher or a principal doesn't like the way that you Take care of your hair, especially if when you when you take care of your hair has racial overtones. No more discrimination. No more calling out. No more saying you can't come to school until you fix that. Another one, and the number I don't have the I don't have the, the, the bill number for this one. If anybody has it, and that reminds me, remember you can text in at nine seven one two two zero five nine seven nine. And Julia will get that, and she will transfer it to me if you do that. But anyway, there is a bill that says stores must take cash because there are some stores now who are saying we don't take cash anymore. We take checks and we take credit cards, but no cash.
3: I like that bill.
0: Yeah, I like that bill too. I'm That's a cash b- that because pretty hard on a lot of folks, particularly in, of lower income folks who do not have a checking account and who do not have a credit card and for whatever reason do not wish to have either one of those but have cash gets paid in cash by their employer and they can't buy from you i hope that that bill makes it
3: yeah i know i went i went to a bar last month and they I ordered a beer and then i gave them six dollars and she said we don't take cash and i was so offended that I had to use a credit card? Yeah, to how, buy do you, a beer how do you say you don't take beer? money? Yeah, I was like, I don't pay with credit cards, so take your beer back.
0: Had, had that happened to me, I would have been very tempted to say, Well, had you warned me before I ordered,
3: exactly.
0: I would figure that you have the right to do that. But since you didn't warn me, I ain't going to pay you. I'm or, just you could have
3: this paper money. But, or but
0: before I did that, it wouldn't have been a beer because I don't drink alcoholic beverages. But if it were a sandwich, I would eat the sandwich before I told him that. <laughs> <laughs> and then said, and if you want to arrest me, go for it. But if you do, be aware that lawsuits are expensive. <laughs> they are expensive. The biggest, the biggest bill insofar as the attention it's getting is, of course, the cap-and-trade bill that was massaged because of what happened last year when the Republican senators walked out so it was impossible for the Senate to do anything. They massaged it to try to make it more palatable to rural folks, but Representative Carl Wilson has said, and this is exactly what he said, there is no room for compromise. There is no room for compromise, which sounds to me like maybe they're going to walk out again. And of course, if you walk out in a session that only lasts one month, you pretty well tube that session, which I think is really an offense to the people of the state of Oregon. The bill, one of the massages of the bill was to make things more palatable for Boeing in the hope that Senator Sanderson, who was a Democrat who went south on the Democratic caucus and voted against the bill last time, might vote for it this time. She is keeping her powder dry. We don't know what she is liable to do. But we do know that she has a bill in to ban vapes in the state of Oregon and that's something especially if you are a vapor you might want to pay attention to or if you think that maybe vaping is not such a good idea you might even want to encourage her I have more but Julia why don't you tell us some of the stuff that is on the list that Joey prepared.
3: All right. Well, Joey gave us a very nice extensive list. So shout out to Joey Palchuk for all of the good work he does here. Um, the, he's got nine bills to watch. One of them is the new Kratom regulations uh, from Kaiser Republican Representative Bill Post. House Bill forty forty thirteen would establish a series of regulations over Kratom. Do you know what Kratom is? It is Kratom. Thank you, Casey. I don't know how to say it. Uh, Kratom is a product developed from leaves of a tree that can be used for medicinal purposes. The bill would ban the sale or distribution of kratom to anyone under the age of 21. It would require anyone involved in selling, manufacturing, distributing, or advertising kratom products to disclose what is inside the product. Kratom products would have to be registered with the State Department of Agriculture, which would be responsible for creating standards of testing and labeling for kratom products. The penalty for violating these provisions would include a fine of several hundred dollars.
0: Which makes me assume that kratom must do something, do something to you that scares people. I don't know if it like does an LSD trip or if it does makes you drunk or whatever it
2: might do. Casey, what does kratom do? Um, I'm not like an expert on kratom by any means, but um, it it's kind of a relaxant, I believe. Um, so it'll it'll just
3: chill you out a little bit. <laughs> All right, I've seen it advertised, but I never knew what it was. Okay. Um, bill number two that Joey has highlighted here is the campaign contribution limits. I think you already covered that. Yeah, we talked about that. And
0: it looks, looks most likely that they are going to postpone action on campaign limits to next year. There's a debate over that. One of the reasons not to postpone it is so that any change would take effect immediately after the November election because right after the November election, people start raising money. But sure. the the argument for it is they they maybe want to have a task force to really look at the whole thing and my guess is that that is what is going to happen. But to just give one one bill that might make it is Representative Rayfield's bill, pay to play, that would do try to address one example, Tobias Reed, who is our present state treasurer. As a war chest, he have been developing campaign contributions and over 40% of it comes from out-of-state companies, particularly law firms, who want to do business with the state of Oregon and especially with the Treasury.
3: All that outside money. Oh, changing yes. The, changing the laws.
0: What else did Joey give us?
3: We've got some uh, gun bills coming up here. Um Let's see, the first one here is HB 4005, is a gun storage provision that would require that when a gun is not being carried, it's secured with either a trigger or cable lock or a locked container. Firearms must be transferred while secured in a similar manner. If a gun is not stored in that manner described and later stolen, used, or used to injure a person or property within four years, the gun owner is held liable for that injury. Uh, the measure would require a gun owner report a lost or stolen firearm within 72 hours of when they knew, and, um, or they should have known about its absence. And then we've got... Um, uh, before we before oh, go to yeah, the
0: next one, I, ju- I just want to drop in a comment. The real problem with that bill, I think, is that there are a lot of folks, a lot of folks who believe they are safer because they have a gun in the drawer next to their bed or even under their pillow that they have immediate access to in case they are invaded. And if, if you lock it up, doesn't do you much good. I think that, so I think there's going to be a real battle on that one. Go ahead with the next one.
3: All right, so the other gun control law is SB 1538, which would allow local governments to decide if guns should be allowed on their grounds. That's the thing I keep hearing in the news about guns on on like in state capitals, and they just had a big thing in Washington State about guns in the Capitol building. And I just think, how how, like we we don't allow guns in schools, why do we allow guns in legislative offices?
0: (laughs) Well, if you're a gun nut, yeah, you want guns everywhere. I have yet to see the bill that bans or that forbids keeping people with their guns off airplanes. (laughs) But <laughs> we'll see.
3: Well, they're supposed to check them, right? They have yeah, to be underneath. are supposed to check them. Unless they're an air marshal. Um, so we have a HB 4075, which is a coyote killing contest. Would ban the practice of coyote killing contests. Uh, proponents of the bill said such contests where the goal to where the goal is to kill as many coyotes as possible in a set time frame is cruel and senseless. The bill sparked outrage among Republicans in 2019, who said it was a perfect example of urban lawmakers not understanding life in rural Oregon.
0: And that, of course, is because farmers recognize that coyotes coyotes are not much danger to cows, but they can be real danger to sheep, and they're really, really bad for chickens.
3: I've had a couple dogs killed by coyotes in my lifetime, um, but I still think coyotes are important for...
0: But the other thing about coyotes, coyotes probably have the greatest ability to overcome adversity of just about any animal that has ever lived. That's why they're
3: called the tricksters, right?
0: They are amazing.
3: They know know how to get around it. You can try to kill them. They'll learn how to shoot guns back at you.
0: Before you go on with Joey's list, I know we're not done with it. Let me mention a couple. HB 4065 would end the practice of suspending someone's license because he or she has an unpaid traffic ticket. And that could be of real significance. One example is cited, a woman in Bend who wasn't able to pay for a traffic ticket because she just didn't have the money, but she had to drive to get to work. And the Bend police knew she wasn't, so they looked for her, and every time she, they caught her driving, they would arrest her give her another ticket until the tickets that she owed were well up into four figures, maybe even five figures. That, that bill is one that gets deserves real, real attention. HB 4121 would authorize paying the Wasco Regional Jail, which is in the Dalles, Oregon, and for those not familiar with the geography in Oregon... That's about eighty miles upriver from Portland, up the Columbia, the Portland, just at the east end of the Columbia Gorge, would pay them eight hundred and twenty thousand dollars to replace the money that they are presently getting to house ice folk. The I, I, ice cent, yeah, the, and and within 20, forty-one twenty-one would forbid any Oregon jail or prison to hold people for hold ICE detainees that's interesting to watch what else you got
3: well we did get a text in about some of those last um, bills we, we were commenting on so I'm just going to read that and Great. have your reaction Do here um, from a listener let's call him Bob because he didn't give us a name Uh, The science says climate change can only be solved by life-changing worldwide coordinated efforts on a national level to reduce carbon Individual city and state actions will not succeed according to the science We are spending a lot of political capital for a bill that will not alter the climate in any measurable way This is not a state problem. The science says it will only be successfully addressed globally This is false security and ineffective work on real state issues. What do you think about that Joe?
0: He, of course, is right that it is not going to be successfully addressed without a worldwide effort. But I think what he's saying is simply, he's saying that because nothing can happen until everybody does it, there is no sense anybody doing it. And that's that's a pretty tricky, tricky argument to say, well, until everybody does it, It really won't make a great difference, so therefore there's no reason for me to do it. I I don't have to make any change. And I I am reminded, kind of analogous, to a friend of mine who years ago was, was starting an organization that he was going to call the Starfish Organization, which was to help children, especially small children, who suffered from difficulties at home and who, who was, was told, don't you understand that what you're trying to do is, is really not going to matter unless you can do it across the board for everybody. And he said, well, the reason we call it the starfish is there was a man who was walking down the beach and there were starfishes that had been washed up by a high tide on the beach. And if the starfishes didn't get back into the water, they would all die. And so he was picking up starfishes and throwing them back into the ocean. And a guy came up and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm saving the starfish's life. And he said, don't you see? the thousands of starfishes here. What difference will make? And he picked one up and threw it. And he said, well, it'll make a difference to that one.
3: Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think all big movements start by being small movements. And there's not much that happens that organically grows out of a grand scale all of the sudden. So local governments have to start working on small things that they can do in order to get the attention of state governments, which gets the attention of
0: When Mohandas Gandhi walked into the salt area and picked up salt, which was a violation of the law imposed by the British colonial government, that was one person made a big difference. Anyway, I would hope they did. Oh, we should probably mention that you are listening to X-Ray KXRY Portland and KQAC HD3 Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM streaming online everywhere at xray.fm.
3: And if you wanna get in on this conversation about uh state legislature and bills and what our local government can do and should do, our text line is nine seven one two two zero uh five nine seven nine. That's nine seven one two two zero k. x. r. y.
0: Do you have any more bills? I do
3: have a couple more bills. Great. Uh, we have a public red, records advocate independence. Last fall, Oregon's first public records advocate, Ginger McCall, accused members of Governor Kate Brown's staff of applying improper proper political influence over her despite her belief the position was to be independent. McCall resigned in protest. SB1506 came out in response to her public concern. Uh, It would specify the public records advocate is a, quote, independent office in the executive department. It also makes several other changes that McCall and the Public Records Advocacy Council sought, such as removing the governor from the process of selecting the advocate. Um, And then we've got uh, crime of threatening a school. HB 4145 would create the crime of threatening a school or a place of worship. To commit this crime, a person would need to intend to cause public fear or panic. The subject of a threat could include an impending mass shooting, a hazardous substance leak, an imminent explosion, or a fire. The crime would not apply to those who are making a good-faith effort to inform others about the political risk of an emergency situation, and punishment for breaking this law could include 364-day maximum prison sentence and a fine of more than $6,000. Um Three hundred sixty-four, So not a year, just under a year. If the individual has certain prior convictions, those punishments could increase to five years in prison or a fine of $125,000. And then I've got, um, you already talked about the vaping products, but we've got one more here, the changing quorum rules. Oregon is one of four states that requires a two-thirds quorum before any work can be done in the legislative chambers changing that requirement to sim- to a simple majority became of interest to top democrats in 2019 after a bunch of senate republicans walked out of the capitol to deny democrats the chance to pass a greenhouse gas emissions cap and trade bill. And
0: that one I predict if that one is voted on favorably, it of course doesn't happen by being voted on favorably, it is then submitted to the people as a constitutional amendment, because that is in the Oregon Constitution. I predict if that happens, it'll be about a 60% yes. There'll probably be a pretty healthy majority against it in many rural communities who rejoice when all of the Republican senators walked out. But I just bet you that in Portland and Eugene, probably Medford, maybe Bend. Most certainly in Beaverton, at Hillsboro, and Oregon City.
3: It'll be that same map of Oregon that we see—that's all red to the east and all blue to this tiny little area in the west. Yeah, where where the have, people live. We have all the people, so that's right. Sorry, Eastern Oregon, we love you, but we don't agree with you all the time.
0: <laughs> well, but but how can you really justify, especially in a session that constitutionally can only last 35 days, can't go beyond that, and when there are things that need to be done, how can you justify walking out so that nothing can be done because you don't like one bill?
3: Well, it's a symptom of our our national policies too. I mean Mitch McConnell wouldn't even hold a hearing for Merrick Garland, right? Because he didn't want Obama to get the nomination and since then has completely taken over politics in in the on the national level, our state legislatures are trying to do the same thing.
0: As a matter of fact, and this is one of the things that I expect or maybe I should say I hope to see is made a really big deal about in elections all especially Senate elections all of the United States. The DDT, and for those who are not familiar with who DDT is, the T is for Trump, the middle D is for Donald, the first D is for any adjective you choose. I like disgusting. Despicable also fits, but anyhow you can pick the D you, you like. But DDT likes to say we have a do nothing Congress is do nothing. Well, the truth is, we have a do-nothing Senate, because the House has sent something like over 200 bills to the Senate that are not sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. They're somewhere in Mitch McConnell's lower left-hand drawer that he is not allowing to come to the floor of the Senate for a vote. And why is that true? Well, there are two obvious reasons. Number one, because he is afraid, or because he is a very good vote counter, he knows that they would pass, that they would pass. And what's the other reason? Because it would require the members of his conference, his caucus, to cast a vote which might make it difficult for them to deal with their Republican constituents and therefore threaten them in a Republican primary. So therefore, we're just not going to consider the public's business, folks.
3: When the goal of our elected leaders is only to stay in power, I think that that defeats the purpose of electing leaders? Like, what what are they doing? They're not doing anything for us. They're just trying to stay in power longer and do more and make more money.
0: Yep. Before we go on to other local news, the, the Quick 6 item about the swiped computer that has rendered somebody like 650,000 folks to... In jeopardy of being having their identity theft stolen, advice: When your check book, when your statement arrives, when your checking statement arrives from the bank, when your credit card statement arrives from your credit card bank, look at them immediately look at them immediately to see if there is anything there that you don't recognize. That is the most important defense that you have when your name is on a list that has been swiped by a hacker.
3: And just for people's awareness, the um, the list that that was leaked that had a bunch of health share recipients on it, um, companies that do business with health share include Care Oregon, Central City Concern, Adventist, Kaiser, Legacy, OHSU, Providence, and Tuality, and HealthShare. Also contracts with Clackamas, Multnomah, and Washington counties. So that's a lot of options. That's a lot of
0: options, and one of those affects me. And I do look at it the day that it arrives. And the reason I say that is important, because I have have had my credit card bill charged for something like $900 for... A child support debt in Florida. I have had my credit card charged for flowers sent to a funeral in Las Vegas. My departed spouse had her credit card charged for a hotel bill in Amman, Jordan of over $2,000. We were never hurt by any of that except, of course, they had to cancel our credit card and issue us a new one which is a pain then in you the have butt to learn
3: a new but nonetheless
0: it cost us nothing why because we caught it immediately
3: you know i have an interesting story about this because i was always under the impression that if you have a, a credit card charge that you did not make you can call your credit card company and they'll reverse the charge and i always just assumed that they ate the cost of that 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 was the cost of doing business that we pay interest and we pay fees And that's what they did. I work at a restaurant and recently um, we had someone contest the charges that they spent at the restaurant because he didn't like his meal. And the credit card company refused to pay it and made us pay them back. Really? Yes. And I was blown (laughs) away by this because I didn't know. Well, first of all, I didn't know that was an option. And please, people don't use it as an option. Um, He signed his credit card slip. He left the server no tip. He was very rude. And yet he then called the credit card company and refuted the charge on the fact that he did not like his dinner.
0: I would have been willing to represent that restaurant in the lawsuit against the bank.
3: I feel like they should file a lawsuit yeah, because they
0: they, sh- they should which which would
3: ridiculous.
0: Which would not give them a lot of money because it would only be for the amount on the check. <laughs>
3: the $20 note or something. And but
0: pay. a jury might be sufficiently offended to say, we're going to add a few punitive damages. But the reason that I would have been willing to take that case is because that would be one of those cases where the court was almost certain to award attorney's fees. And if the client didn't make a whole bunch of money, I'd come out just fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see where your head's at, Joe.
0: Well, we're talking about court stuff. The Court of Appeals of Oregon has told the city that their decision to allow 200-foot-high buildings in what is now called Chinatown, or historically been called Chinatown, violated the policy of the city, and they did not give any good reasons for saying why that very high allowance should be permitted. And so they have said no, told them back, give them a chance to see if they can justify it. We'll see what happens. The (laughs) Wapato. How many times have we talked about Wapato? The Wapato jail. And I have predicted that news from 10 years from now we will still be about what we're going to do with the Wapato Jail, but maybe not
3: It's the never-ending story
0: Because the Helping Hands organization is proposing what they're calling the Bybee Lake Hope Center which would run with the idea that has been kicking around now for I don't know how long the idea that it should be used for a homeless shelter So we'll see I, I would just love to see that actually happen. I am not, however, holding my breath. While we're talking about the Court of Appeals, Court of Appeals has told the city that their ban on camping in Chapman Park is okay. But that's a subject that is clearly in flux because of federal rulings that have said Banning camping by homeless people is unconstitutional if you don't provide an alternative for them to go somewhere else. So we shall see. Now, I'm wondering, we're hoping to have Alex Zelinsky this morning. Is she on yet? Is she calling in? Are we supposed to call her?
3: You know, she always calls us, so we're just going to give her a little more time and see if she calls. And if not... Either you and I are going to keep talking or okay. we've got some we've Okay, got well some I, got, I got I got I got right li-
0: I got a little bit, I got a little bit more. But Alex, if you're out there listening, we would really love to hear from you because there's a lot happening in the city that deserves to be talked about. For one of the things that was mentioned in the Quick 6 is all of the candidates that are seeking to comply with the requirements to get the 1 to 6 match. So then we'll see. While we're talking about the city, I'm going to give you some first-person news. You don't get first-person news on this program very often. But this is first-person news, or maybe this is just something that I've got kind of ticked off about. It's about the priorities that are demonstrated by the City Department of Transportation, the Portland City of Transportation. They have announced they're looking at spending $8 million to expand the park blocks, in the center of downtown Portland, on the corner of 21st and Tillamook, which is just about 100 yards from my house. In the last few days, well, actually more than a week, first they dug a couple of big holes and surrounded the big holes right in the middle of the street where 21st makes a little jog at 21st. And so we had to go around those holes that were guarded by by warning things. And then they have filled those holes with cement islands. Really nice-looking cement islands. And this is a compliment. If you go on up 41st, you'll find these neat extensions out into the streets to, to protect pedestrians. This is in... Irvington, which is clearly one of the upscale neighborhoods. It wasn't considered an upscale neighborhood when I bought in there 46 years ago, but it has become one of the upscale neighborhoods in Portland. And so spending all this money for Park Blocks, spending a whole bunch of money, there there were seven, count them, seven city employees out there yesterday, standing around or moving a little bit, dealing with directing traffic and finishing up this work on these fancy islands. And this is in a city where east of 60th Avenue, there are streets after streets that not only have no sidewalks, they're not even paved. They're not even paved. Folks, we got to do something about that. Why are we, Why are we doing these lovely little amenities in my neighborhood when people on the east side of the city can't get to their houses without going through potholes in dirt. Not okay. We should mention that five more former Catlin Gable students are suing Catlin Gable. One of them is suing not for sexual abuse, but for being ridiculed by a teacher in at a time when they were being graduated. And that will be an interesting lawsuit to keep your eye on because that particular teacher is still at the school.
3: Yeah, how is that How is that a thing? How do they keep him around? So, Joe, we did get a response to our previous text from Bob. Go for it. Um, It says, Bob is right. You are wrong. You will sacrifice good state policies because you are wasting political effort on failed policies. And wait, it goes on. Well,
0: he and, I, gonna, he and I are going to have to agree to disagree on that one. I just think if you say, I don't do anything till everybody does it, nobody will ever do anything.
3: I mean, I agree, but we've got some strong opinions out there. So if you have some strong opinions and you want to text us about it, 971-220-5979.
0: Precision Cast Parts is laying off 150 folks because... Of the uh, maybe not elimination, but at least the ca- pause that Boeing has done on the 737 Max, there are a lot of employer, uh, there are a lot of subcontractors who are going to have to be laying people off because of that one. That's something to keep our eye on. Any word from Alex yet?
3: I believe we are Alex free this morning. So you, okay me, me, Joe. We'll miss her. We will miss her. We love our I was particular.
0: I was particularly wanting her on because I wanted her to give her her take on the report that's just come out. That already this year, since the first of January, there have been reports of six. There have been sixty-one reports of shots fired within the city limits of Portland. That's not sixty-one shots, but sixty-one reports of shots fired. Most of those reports of numerous shots some of which have hurt people and most of which fortunately have missed the the big co- the, the biggest risk place is in southeast portland far southeast portland out around old oh, burnside and 122nd but i would be interested to see what she had to say about that
3: i'm sure she will tell you her take next week when she calls in
0: i would hope so I also, I have a raspberry today. Oh, good. We don't do raspberries very often. We probably should do raspberries more often. The raspberry is the opposite of the shout-out. And this raspberry is for the Great America Poll. Now, I don't know how many of you out there get these polls on your computer, which say you have been chosen to participate in a poll And you go on there, (laughs) or they say to participate in a survey. You represent your neighborhood. You represent Portland. You represent whatever town you live in. And You go to the poll, and you fill out, you collect the banks. And what it turns out, all it is is a way to suck you into giving them money. And the odds that they ever look at your poll, ever look at your results, Probably non-existent, but I want to. I want to give a raspberry to the great America poll on DDT. I got the poll. I get all kind, I get everything from the far right. I don't know who's who has put me into the far right world, but I get everything from them. And they wanted us to grade the performance of the president, and there were five things you could check. And so I figured, well, the five things. Obviously, one will be very unsatisfactory and then the five will be very satisfactory. No, no. Here were the five. The first one, good. The second, great. The third, outstanding. The fourth, incredible. And the last, (laughs) tremendous. Those were my choices. And then, of course, after I picked one of those choices, I then was encouraged to do, guess what? Give money. Send money to. Oh, and then the funny thing is, the very next message I got was from another organization that repeated exactly, exactly the come on that I had just received from Great America which suggested to me that they were maybe talking to each other.
3: The same exact poll with the same exact options? Yep. Wow.
0: <laughs> oh, well.
3: I mean there's something to be said for being on those lists though, Joe, because I feel like you can, you know, it's like the people who join the NRA so they have voting rights, like you're you're in there. Yeah. You get to make a difference.
0: Yep. Oh, I I got one. I got one from the NRA yesterday, which was a long one. It had something like twenty-four things, and I got a I got a, I filled it out and sent it in because there were there were some things that I would agree with that you do have to be aware of protecting people's rights to be secure in their homes. But most of them I checked, I'm sure, was contrary to what they expect NRA aficionados to be checking, I got back a nice answer saying thank you
3: for submitting your report. And they didn't ask you for money?
0: Oh, yeah. They they, they, <laughs> they, they asked me to join NRA, right? <laughs> which I have not yet done. <laughs> I don't need to because I get all their stuff. <laughs> anyway, we should mention, because it is coming up on the hour, that you are listening to KXRY Portland, X-Ray FM, And KQSAC HD3 Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM. Streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. And let me remind you, streaming everywhere. If you have friends in Paris or Moscow or Oslo or Rio de Janeiro or even in Sandpoint, Idaho, and you think they would enjoy x-ray in the morning, particularly news with my dad, or this morning news without my son, or anything on KXRY, they can get there simply by booting up their computer and going to x FM.
3: Joe, our text debate continues. I've got another one for okay. you. Okay. Is it this says, also from Bob? It's, it's It's in the same vein. It's not okay. from it's not from Bob it's from a responder to Bob. It says what will be more what would what will be more effective for the people of Oregon would be to have not canceled the residential solar subsidy of 30% and to fix the grid so that we can add more solar to the grid. These would do more than cap and trade. We have reached solar capacity on the grid.
0: Well, as a matter of fact, that is something that definitely needs to be addressed because in at least two areas around Salem and Turner the ability the technological ability to accept electricity generated by rooftop solar arrays on a house has been has been hit. And in order to increase the ability to accept that, it's going to take investment of some four hundred and some thousand dollars. And so the next person who applied got a bill for, four hundred and some thousand dollars. That is something that definitely needs to be addressed. The fact is, folks, if we're going to seriously do anything to protect our children and our grandchildren and especially our great-grandchildren from the ravages produced by global warming, it's going to take all kinds of things at national, international state, city, county, and individual efforts. Just going to take a whole lot of it. I'm thinking that maybe I should do, do my straws because I got three of them.
3: Let's do your straws, Joe. Oh,
0: Let's do the straws and remember we will be back on Monday and Jefferson will be back on Monday. It will be News With My Dad. Like a straw in the wind First straw, Macy's, the big retail chain, closing 125 stores because those stores are not performing well, which is a straw on what's happening with retail in this country that's not online. Nordstrom, great store, is adding pre owned clothes to what it will sell, so you can go in and get really nice stuff for a whole lot less than it cost originally, and if you have some really nice stuff that you're not going to wear again, you might want to talk to Nordstrom. You know
2: what, Joe? That is the greatest news I have heard in like a week, (coughs) truly the greatest news I've heard like in a week. I love thrifting, um, but sometimes, you know, you can't always find the nicest stuff. So, hearing that Nordstrom's will be supplying uh, another avenue is just wonderful news.
0: Well, Casey, I'm delighted to hear that. And my last straw, which could be a really significant straw, EasyJet, a U.K. company, and Wright Electric, a United States country company, rather, are joining hands intending to produce an airliner capable of flying 186 people for up to 350 miles to run by electricity. They're serious about that. They expect to be testing the engine within three years. They think they could have the airplanes flying by the end of this decade. And let me tell you, that could be a really significant That's a game changer. That's awesome. Well, folks, thanks for joining us. Thanks for putting up with us. You've been listening to KXRY News Without My Son. We will be back on Monday.